It's uh, 22 minutes past 7 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Joining us now in our studios, Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. Chief, thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, <laughs> listeners. It's good to see you again after just seeing you last night. Uh, let's start off with by uh, talking about last night's event. Uh, we had the first uh, a kind of a celebration of first responders uh, at uh, Spring Creek Park. Boy, what a great night, man. There was, I got there at about six, uh, 5.30 or so, and it's like, where do I park? <laughs> They've got a lot of parking here, and there's no parking left. So huge crowd there. It was nice. Yeah, we had a great turnout last night. Uh, as you mentioned, there was a, a community picnic, and uh, we partnered with Hosanna and Heart Ministries. And they're, they've done this in other communities as well, as I've talked about here before. And they just they want to get first responders and the community together to help build those connections, build community, um, and uh, serve uh, our community. So it was a great night. They had a, a nice picnic meal for us, uh, lots of raffle and prize giveaways. Um, we had our, our other first responder partners from the area that were there and uh, helping out. So what a great night. Police, fire, EMS, uh, State Patrol, and the sheriff's officers there, as well yeah. as Northfield officers, and the hospital was there. Visit yeah. with people, and, and it, it, yeah, it was a great night. That uh, And I also got to meet, uh, unexpectedly, the Commissioner of Public Safety uh, in Minnesota. Uh, Bob Jacobson is his name. He's newly appointed uh, this year. Uh, but you, I would guess you have a history with him of some sort. Yeah, I've known the commissioner for quite a while. He's a former police chief, New Brighton police chief. He's done some other work, uh, interim work, after his retirement. Um from uh, from that, but you know, it was really a good opportunity. I, Bob and I stay in touch, and he uh, um, through some discussions and just a conversation. I said, "Why don't you come down to our community celebration? Come see uh, rural Minnesota and how our community and uh, first responders, police departments interact and get together and and have a good night." And uh, I think it was good. I think it was good for him to to see that, and um, you know. He deals with so many things on, on the state level and high-level public safety things that uh, getting back to the neighbors, knowing neighbors, and everybody getting together was a good thing. He certainly enjoyed it. He brought his wife with, and uh, they commented that they had a great time in our community. And folks, by the way, I can tell you, wonderful people, real good people. I only talked to him for just a few minutes, but you can tell that um, he is a person that cares. Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tonight, we've got a more, more celebrations tonight. It's downtown Northfield. we got Third Thursday, and I would imagine you'll have... Do, do the officers like that patrol, that beat on this Third Thursday to get around with a lot of people? I know you talk with a lot of people. Yeah, it, you know it is. And I was there last time. I'll be down there again tonight. And uh, it's a good opportunity to, again, visit with neighbors and uh, and some new folks coming and checking out our town. And mm-hmm. uh, it really, it's the first year for the event, but... Um, from the public safety perspective, we don't think it could be going better. Um, you know, everybody is down there and um, being neighborly and as we would expect in Northfield and enjoying themselves and a good opportunity for the businesses to get some additional customers um, with the uh, shops, with the businesses downtown. And uh, yeah, hopefully people come out. We're going to have a nice night. No threat of weather like we had last night. Mm-hmm. We were keeping a pretty close eye on that, but um, should be a nice night to be outside. I, I think it looked like 75 and partly sunny. Yeah, it's going to be just about as perfect as you could ask for. So good night for that. I want to talk to you about a couple other things. Um, uh, Number one is recently we had uh, some changes in the stoplights. We have the yellow flashing. 
Thank you, whoever's responsible <laughs> for that. We're finally kind of catching up with things, but uh, I, I, I really like what they've done. But a lot of people haven't quite got the hang of that yet. It took the first couple of days were almost kind of scary, but uh, there's still some things you have to keep in mind. Yeah, there, there certainly is. And this was uh, part of a project that uh, the city had approached MnDOT with um, for the first part of the override for emergency vehicles or emergency vehicle preemption so that our first responders can get to the scene of those emergencies faster. Um, it gives them priority on the direction they're traveling, so the light will turn green for them when they have that emergency emitter uh, flashing and uh, allow them to get to the, the scene quicker. Um, so that's one. Now, when folks really won't notice too much with that, other than that it'll change the cycle of the lights as those emergency vehicles approach. Um, but the other change that came along with this, and this was a project with MnDOT, and they wanted to upgrade the lights since they were doing that at the same time for the flashing yellow. And I know it's something some in our community have asked for a long time. There's costs associated with it. It fit in with the grant in this project, so they did that. But what it allows is those left turn lights to have a flashing yellow signal, uh, which means yield. Flashing yellow means yield. So uh, it allows, instead of waiting on the red to make that left turn, um, if it's flashing yellow, folks can go ahead and make that when it's safe to do so. They have to yield the right of way to traffic that's coming straight there. And that's where we've had a, a couple accidents uh, of folks that, uh, you know, were maybe confused or weren't paying attention close enough. So we really want folks to, to pay attention. It means yellow. The, the cars going straight have the right of way. Making that left turn on a flashing yellow uh, means that they have to yield. Uh, once again, uh, Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott is with us now. Boy, there's a number of things I still want to talk to you about, so let's move on. Uh, what is officer hiring uh, and, and, and pay? The city council recently took some steps to uh, improve the steps <laughs> within the uh, police pay structure. And I know hiring is one thing, and retention is kind of a, another thing that's involved with this. And uh, hopefully this will address some of that. Yeah, this really goes back years um, to where we, we took some action on the city council side of it here uh, just a week ago, but um, post-pandemic and post-George Floyd era and policing has really reduced the supply of police officers and uh, the whole economics from Economics 101, supply and demand. Uh, when you have a low supply, uh, the equilibrium price you know, moves up that, mm -hmm. that uh, graph a little bit. So um, we made some adjustments uh, to make sure that we're competitive uh, with other cities and where we're at. I know private sector has seen this in a lot of areas where wages have gone up um, because they need workers and we're no different. We need workers to do our work as well. So um, we had some adjustments there and we are hiring right now. Um, we're going to have a, a new posting or new ad coming out by the end of the month um, uh, to fill a spot that we have and one more that uh, we'll probably be filling before the end of the year. So um, it's a great place to work. We have good community support here. That was evident last night mm -hmm. uh, with everybody coming up and uh, having conversations with us. So uh, we have competitive pay, pay and benefits. So if folks know someone uh, who is a current police officer or going to school or maybe just finished school looking for a job, um, have them come check out Northfield. 
And uh, for, the, for the young people out there kind of entering the job market or who will be in the not-too-distant future looking for careers, it's a good career. What are some of the steps that, that they can go through? If, they, if you're looking, if you're, you know, 17, 18 and looking for something to do in your life, what do they need to be a police officer? Yeah, great question, Jeff. So Minnesota is one of the few states that requires a college degree um, before entering the profession. And the Minnesota Post Board on their website has what those qualifications are, but it would be a two-year or four-year degree with a criminal justice uh, major in there, um, and then pass the post-licensing exam. And there's some requirements in there, uh, not having felony convictions and some various misdemeanors and that type of thing. We're looking for good folks who uh, want to serve their community and really who have a customer focus or customer service focus. Um, that's very important for it because um, we serve the public every day. So we want folks like that. Um, locally, uh, Northfield Community College Collaborative has a, a program right here in town where folks can take uh, about half of their uh, required credits either in town here or through online uh, stuff to start that process. And uh, there's really, the legislature passed some things uh, this year, putting some money in there. So for a lot of folks, you're going to qualify for either tuition completely paid for, partial reimbursement on there. And then there's some other grants locally as well that I know there's some folks we have in the program that are getting their entire college paid for to become an officer. Hmm. On top of that, the feds have a program for college loan forgiveness. Um, and policing is one of those professions that falls into public service. And so if folks are taking out student loans or if they have current student loans and want to take those steps to become a police officer, um, 10 years of public service and making those minimum loan payments, and the feds will uh, forgive the rest of those loans. So lots of uh, opportunities to get into the profession and ways that uh, folks can do it uh, in a pretty financially stable way. And this is, you know, I mentioned <clears throat> high school seniors and 17-year-olds, but, you know, those a little older than that uh, can still t take advantage. I mean, this is still a career that might be out open. You know, if you're 23 and you decide, well, I'm not really like this career, I'm going to try something else. Um good way to go. We've got several of our officers that have followed that path. In fact, they mm -hmm. were in their mid twenties when they decided that this was a career that they wanted to explore. So that's certainly a possibility as well. Police chief, uh, Mark Elliott is with us. Uh, chief, the uh, end of the summer is going to bring a, a kind of an interesting time, I suppose, uh, w within law enforcement. I'm not really sure what it's going to look like, but uh, you probably have maybe a better idea. And I'm talking about the legalization of uh, cannabis, uh, which August 1st, that goes into effect. Um, has, has there been, up until now, the legislature approved it earlier this year. Now they're going to start, uh, it will be actually legal. In that time, I'm guessing there's been information passed around within the law enforcement community. You've had time to disseminate what uh, the legislature passed. Yeah, lots of changes. As you know, lots of work got done, lots of bills passed this year. And so we're, we're working on less than 60 days right now that we're trying to get everything in place and figure everything out from, uh, from those legislative changes. But uh, yeah, adult use cannabis, age 21 or older, uh, will be allowed to possess uh, marijuana or cannabis uh, as of August 1st. Um, there's still no sale in the state until the Office of Cannabis Management gets up and running. Um, so there won't be any businesses that are selling in the state until that happens, which will probably be January of 2025 is what we've heard by the time that 
uh, part of new part of government gets up and running. But for use and possession, just a few things for folks to know. Um, it's age 21 or older uh, to possess or transport up to two ounces of cannabis flour, um, up to eight grams of concentrate, um, which would be uh, like your vape type mm -hmm. cartridge or that type of thing. And then 800 milligrams of edible product. Uh, so similar to our uh, lower potency or hemp THC edibles that are currently legal. So those type of things. So those, those are kind of the restrictions on it for personal use and what people could have with them. Um, at their private residence, an adult 21 or older could also possess up to two pounds of cannabis flour. Um, and in the meantime, since you can't buy it, the way that could happen is you could have someone grow up to eight cannabis plants with no more than four of them being matured at one time at a single residence. Now, if they are going to grow, uh, they must be grown in an enclosed lock space that is not open to public view. Uh, so like a fenced area, or I know some people have talked about internal grows, you know, that type of things or inside ones. Um, and then just a couple other things on use that folks should be aware of is uh, smoking cannabis is prohibited anywhere commercial tobacco is prohibited. So uh, Minnesota Clean Indoor Air Act applies, that type of thing. So any place that prohibits smoking, they can't uh, smoke cannabis as well. Um, smoking or vaping adult uh, cannabis is prohibited in multifamily housing buildings. So like apartment buildings, that would be hotels, uh, things like that. Anything where there's multiple families in the same physical structure, um, it's prohibited. And then cannabis use in a motor vehicle is prohibited on any public roadway. So folks can't use in their car, uh, anything like that. Um, and then transporting in a vehicle is similar to the open bottle laws for alcohol. So it needs to be in the trunk or in a non-accessible area, such as the rear hatch. Um, so I know there's been questions you know, from some folks on those. Recently, the city uh, council also passed an ordinance banning cannabis use in public. So uh, public parks, on the sidewalk, things really kind of the same as alcohol. Anywhere you wouldn't be allowed to use alcohol, you can't use cannabis as well. Um, and then there, it bans use on private property without the owner's consent or a state license. So, um, like in a private business or at a, a, a employer type of thing, unless it's specifically authorized, folks can't use. Um, so they need permission. And then the federal laws are still in effect. So some folks, if they have a commercial driver's license, a CDL, um, if you have a job that involves firearms, like police officers, mm -hmm. uh, security guard, things like that, those federal laws, which ban the use for those folks are still in place. I have some uh, questions uh, regarding the, the, the transportation. You had mentioned, uh, you mentioned a couple of forms of cannabis that are now legal, cannabis flower, vaping, not available in the states, but uh, a lot of states there are. Some of the neighboring states, you can go there and pick up, uh, let's say if you want to go pick up uh, something, some vape things for you or a friend or something. Interstate transportation, is that is that legal? Uh, can they do that? Is it something that if somebody buys something online to, to send to them? Um, I know this involves probably more of the federal government regulations and such, but is that legal or possible? Or Yeah, it does, Jeff. So the, the possession in Minnesota up to these limits is, is legal. How somebody gets it to Minnesota currently uh, is dependent on federal law. Uh, when you talked about 
you know, shipping or something that's interstate transport. So that falls under federal law and then uh, also other state laws. So I, I know I've had the question of, I know it's legal in Colorado. Can I buy it there and bring back? And I'm saying, well, once you get to Minnesota, you can only have the Minnesota amount and it depends on other states. Some states don't have legalization that border us. So you couldn't transport in that state either. So I don't want to be critical, <laughs> too critical of the legislature, but I, I feel like they kind of put cart before the, before the horse on this, that there's no legal way to sell it right now, but yet people can use, well, how are they going to use if they can't buy it and it takes a while to grow, which they can legally do now. But So there's just some awkwardness in the sequence there, I would say, that's going to create some challenges and confusion for folks. All right. Uh, once again, please, Chief Mark Elliott is uh, with us. Uh, Chief, anything else about uh, the cannabis law uh, or anything else, uh, public safety, you'd like to mention? You know, for the cannabis, just, um, you know, my biggest concern with this is uh, the public safety side. That's what my job is. That's what my team works on. And we're concerned, really concerned about the DWI aspect of this. Science hasn't caught up with where it is for alcohol as far as detecting impairment like with a portable breath test or that type of thing. I know that they're working on it. I think in a couple years we'll have that technology, but we're really concerned with that. And then a lot of our DWIs right now already are polysubstance. So we have people with alcohol and some form of illegal drug on board right now. And so we're concerned about that. And especially some folks who you know, aren't familiar with it. And we've got cannabis beverages and alcohol and we start getting folks that combine the two of them and what effect that has on them. So we, I just really want people to be careful about this, especially if they're going to be operating a motor vehicle. Um, think before you drive, have a plan, that type of thing. Cause we want to keep our community safe. We want our, our, our families, our drivers, our kids safe on the road. So appreciate that. Um, last thing I have for you, we have Night to Unite coming up on August 1st, and tomorrow is the last day to register parties um, so that we'll make an appearance and visit your neighborhood. But, uh, of course, any time up till August 1st, folks are free to get together with their neighbors and plan a party. But it's just a great opportunity to get together with your neighbors, get to know your neighbors, catch up, uh, maybe meet, meet the new neighbors that just moved into the neighborhood, and uh, get together and have fun. It really is a wonderful way to get together. We've hosted a couple of those uh, through the years, and uh, you meet people that uh, have been, you know, lived around the corner for 20 years. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> You've never met them before, and they're very nice people. So, good thing. Uh, Chief, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated, and we'll talk to you again uh, in a couple of uh, next month. Sounds great. Thank All you, right. Jeff. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. You're listening to 